RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. At a virtual summit, President Xi tells President Biden that China and the US must improve communication. Macau promises more cash handouts next year. And the Hong Kong Rugby Union confirms the postponement of next year's sevens. President Xi Jinping has told the US President Joe Biden that the two nations must improve communication and face challenges together amid heightened tensions. As they started their virtual summit this morning, President Xi said he was happy to see Mr Biden calling him his old friend. Mr Xi spoke to an interpreter. As the world's two largest economies and the permanent members of the UN Security Council, China and the United States need to increase communication and cooperation. We should each run our domestic affairs well and, at the same time, shoulder our share of international responsibilities and work together to advance the noble cause of world peace and development. Meanwhile, Mr Biden said the two sides had responsibility to ensure competition doesn't descend into open conflict. As I've said before, it seems to me our responsibility as leaders of China and the United States is to ensure that the competition between our countries does not veer into conflict, whether intended or unintended. Just simple, straightforward competition. Xinhua News Agency described the virtual summit as frank, constructive, substantive and fruitful. But President Xi is also reported to have warned the US leader that Beijing will be compelled to take resolute measures should separatist forces in Taiwan provoke it or even cross the red line. Mike Weeks asked China specialist Mark O'Neill if the island was still the top flashpoint in Sino-US ties. Yes, well, you see, the, the, the Beijing analysis is that, that Taiwan would not behave the way it is at the moment without the increasingly strong support from America. I mean, it blames America for the Taiwan situation today, that if, if the U.S. was much more hands-off and didn't provide military support and diplomatic support and so on, you know, Taiwan would be much more pliable and much more willing to discuss some sort of federal system or unification arrangement. So that, that's the analysis in Beijing. So it sees Washington as the, the evil party in this. But unfortunately, what we've seen in the last 12 months is that the stronger the rhetoric from Beijing, the more the U.S. supports Taiwan. So it's, it's not a very successful strategy from China's point of view. It was also said by the White House that the two leaders discussed Hong Kong, Tibet and Xinjiang. Was there any surprise in that? Well, Biden is under a lot of pressure from Congress on these issues. I mean, the U.S. Congress doesn't want the U.S. to send any officials to the Beijing Olympics in February. Uh, now, if it doesn't do that, that's extremely impolite gesture to, to China. Now, the White House hasn't replied uh, as to whether it's going to do so. So I think Biden has to raise these issues and, and also report that he's raised these issues with um, President Xi in order to, to pacify this very strong opinion in Congress. But of course, in a way, you're wasting your time to talk about them because uh, Mr. Xi is not going to give any concessions on these issues. I mean, for him, these are all red line issues. So Mr. Biden raised them, and I'm sure Mr. C gave a defense of them, and he's not going to change anything. Macau's chief executive, Hoi Yat-seng, has announced that each permanent resident will receive a cash handout of 10,000 patakas next year, 
while non-permanent residents will get 6000 The SER has been handing out cash annually since 2008. In his policy address, Mr Ho said Macau hoped to be able to relax travel restrictions next year to boost the gaming industry and the wider economy. And now the weather, it will be mainly fine. The minimum temperature tomorrow will be about 22 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Maximum temperature will be about 27 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook sunny periods in the following few days, it will be warm during the day, becoming appreciably cooler next week. The temperature is currently 23 degrees and the humidity is 78%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is just coming up to 5 minutes past 11. Hong Kong Rugby Union has confirmed that next year's Hong Kong Sevens will be postponed from its original April date to November. Showpiece was last held in 2019. The union's head, Robbie McRobbie, says it's impossible to stage the tournament under current quarantine rules. It's basically because the the prevailing quarantine and travel restrictions are such that we it's too difficult to bring in international teams. Home Affairs Bureau have, have been very supportive throughout this process. Um, I, I think, as we all know, at, at this point in time, the, the focus is on trying to get the, the border with the, with the mainland open. You know, I think at this point in time, it's more a question of the, the government tightening up on quarantine uh, exemptions rather than easing restrictions to ensure that the zero COVID policy is maintained and, and that, that border is open uh, as soon as possible. Health authorities say tests showed that the three Pacific cargo pilots are very likely to have been fainted during their stay in a hotel in Frankfurt. Jimmy Choi reports. The Centre for Health Protection says genome sequencing analysis show that the genetic sequences of pilots are almost identical. They were confirmed with the virus earlier, after flying in from Germany. Health authorities also said about a dozen environmental samples collected on a floor of a hotel in Tongchung, where two COVID patients had stayed, came back positive. The pair were in quarantine in four points by Sheraton Hong Kong, Tongchung. They were earlier found to carry the more infectious Delta Plus variant. Officials say of the 73 environmental samples collected from their rooms and other common areas, 13 of those taken from the rooms tested positive for COVID-19. Officials also say disinfection in the hotel has been completed. Meanwhile, health officials reported one new imported COVID infection involving a woman flying in from India. The 21-year-old woman, who was fully vaccinated and asymptomatic, tested positive for the virus upon her arrival at the airport on Sunday. She was found to be carrying the L452R mutant strain. An expert advisor to the government has urged the authorities to move slowly on reducing the age at which people can receive the Sinovac vaccine. Lau Yulong, Chair of Paediatrics at the University of Hong Kong, made the comment after the panel he serves on recommended reducing the minimum age for the Sinovac jab to 3 from 18. Minimum age for the BioNTech remains at 12. Speaking on RTHK's Bat Chat program, Professor Lau said children were limited were limited risk at a time when the SCR was implementing a zero COVID strategy. So officials could start by vaccinating older pupils. And then after the primary school children have been vaccinated, say I don't know, uh, beginning of next year, 
And then we've accumulated some more experience, then we could start looking at the kindergarten and nursery children, that is the three years old and so on. And by that time, the condition may be mature enough for mainland authority and central government to say, yes, sir, we will open up the border and we will connect with the world. Judiciary says it is gravely concerned about repeated incidents involving intimidating letters sent to judicial officers and that the cases have been reported to the police. This morning, police said they evacuated dozens of people from two court buildings after staff reported receiving suspicious letters. Violet Wong reports. Police say their bomb disposal unit was deployed to Shatin and West Kowloon magistrates in response to the letters. The judiciary says the registry and accounts office at both courts were temporarily closed, but court proceedings were not affected. The Department of Justice has described the letters as threatening. In a statement, it says it strongly deplores recent cases of criminal intimidation of judges and judicial officers. It says such behaviour is unacceptable to a society which observes the rule of law and no effort will be spared in bringing the culprits to justice. Chief Executive Kerry Lam says the government will continue to facilitate the Hong Kong operations of international media. But she hasn't commented on the decision not to renew the work visa of a journalist at The Economist. Jimmy Choi reports. The Economist said last week that no explanation was given as to why its China correspondent Wang Su Lin wasn't granted a new visa. When asked about it before this week's Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam said all governments have the right to refuse to issue a visa to a foreign national. The issue of visa is uh, the autonomy and the discretion of any government. Uh, for example, standing here as the chief executive of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, I've been denied visa into the United States of America. Uh, although I, I would dispute that, but that was the autonomy and the discretion of the U.S. government. So uh, it is always uh, um, the discretion of the director of immigration to decide on the circumstances of each case to decide whether they will grant an e-visa or extend a visa or impose certain conditions on a visa. Uh, We do not comment on individual cases. The CE added the government will continue to facilitate the operations of foreign press in Hong Kong, saying past figures published by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs show that the SAR had continued to grant visas to foreign journalists. We will continue uh, to facilitate uh, their stay, their operation, their employment in Hong Kong uh, in accordance with our policy. And of course, we now have also the piece of law called the national security law. So in all aspects of the government activities, national security is clearly a very important consideration. The Economist correspondent, who is Australian, is believed to be the fourth foreign journalist to be denied a work visa in the SAL in recent years. An international human resources consultancy says it expects wages in Hong Kong to rise by 3.2% next year. ECA International based the forecast on its annual pay trend survey, which in August and September asked 130 companies in the SER about their salary plans. The forecast is slightly higher than in the same study last year. Lee Quain, the company's regional director, says there's plenty of cause for optimism about the global economy. Although we had COVID-19, the global economy was quite resilient. We seem to have coped with it quite well from an economic perspective. So that indicates the relative robustness and in spite of the COVID-19 pandemic and the ongoing risks that this presents to the global economy as well as the Hong Kong economy, we do expect to see continued economic recovery and growth. 
International news on police in Uganda say at least six people have been killed and more than 30 injured in suicide bombings in the centre of the capital, Kampala. Three attackers are among the dead. The explosions went off within minutes of each other in the apartment and the police headquarters. Police spokesman Fred Ananga said officers had arrested a fourth suspected bomber. He said evidence suggested Islamist militants linked to the DRC-based Allied Democratic Forces were behind the bombings. The hallmarks of the attack clearly indicate that the ADF-linked radicalized groups who still have a desire to carry out lethal attacks on soft targets using suicide attackers and uh, improvised explosive devices uh, behind these attacks. Polish border guards have used tear gas and water cannon against a group of migrants trying to cross from the Belarusian side as a crisis escalates at European Union borders. Migrants threw stones and bricks and tried to break down a fence. BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports from the Belarusian side of the border. It feels very much like a pre-planned provocation. It seems that a decision was taken on this side of the border, in Belarus, to exact a response from the other side, from Poland. Keep in mind that Belarus stands accused of engineering this crisis, of using migrants as a political weapon against the West. And the picture we've been witnessing of chaos on the EU's border tear gas and rocks, this will be used by Alexander Lukashenko to try to present Europe as uncaring and uncompassionate. Business news and officials, official figures show that the SER's unemployment situation is continuing to ease. Unemployment was at 4.3% for the three months to October, down from 4.5% in the period to September. The Labour Secretary, Lord Chi Kwong, said the scope for further falls was limited by the effective freeze on inbound tourism. Gas prices in Europe have surged almost 10% after the German authorities suspended the certification of the controversial Nord Stream 2 pipeline under the Baltic Sea. The project is expected to double the amount of gas that Russia sells to Europe. The BBC's Jonathan Josephs reports. The German regulator's decision has led to another jump in gas prices across Europe. They remain more than four times higher than they were at the start of this year. That's causing headaches for politicians across the continent as they try to keep their economies recovering from coronavirus. At the same time, they have to balance concerns that adding to an already high energy dependence on Russia will leave them more vulnerable to Moscow's influence. Meanwhile, the boss of one of the world's biggest commodity traders, Trafigura, has warned Europe doesn't have enough gas for the winter and is at risk of rolling blackouts. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. At a virtual summit, President Xi Jinping tells President Biden that China and the US must improve communication. Macau promises more cash handouts next year. And the Hong Kong Rugby Union confirms the postponement of next year's sevens. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Supertramp used it as their show closer for many years. Just give a little bit. Penned by Roger Hodgson. Apparently, when he was still a teenager, he reckoned it was around five or six years before he brought it to the band. He also said in an interview that the song has really taken on a life of its own. He says he thinks that it's more relevant today than when he wrote it because we are really needing to value love in a much deeper way. We're also needing to care. Everything's so cold these days. It's all about money, unfortunately. How you doing? Our second hour, Tuesday night with Peter King here on RTHK3. Maybe when I met you, there was peace unknown. I set out to get you with a fine-tooth comb. I 
inside There was something 